I'm Mike Asnold and welcome to the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge's AC23 Plus Artist Legacy Series podcast. This is a series where we talk to artists who are doing amazing things in the areas of the arts, including performance, education, production, as well as arts advocacy. We record this series in the Virginia and John Nolan Black Box Studio, as well as in the Jan and Bill Grimes Recording Studio here at the Cary Siraj Community Arts Center. Be sure to visit artsbr.org for more information on all the great things we are doing here at the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge. Hope you enjoyed the podcast series, and thanks for tuning in. Thank you. 
indeed. Yeah, Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Clarence Johnson III on the saxophone. All right. Pleasure to have you here, Clarence. Oh, man. Glad to be here. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me do this, man. Uh, pleasure. Um, that tune that we played was Turnaround, mm -hmm. and that was written by, that was Ornette Coleman, wasn't it? I believe so. Either or, I thought it was Macquarie mm -hmm. or Ornette, one of them. I have to do my homework on that yeah, one, yeah, but yeah, yeah. one of those guys. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, we go back a long way. Yes. We were just trying to figure this out before <laughs> we uh, started recording. How long we've known each other, but we were thinking early 90s. Yeah, somewhere in there. Uh, probably on a job in New Orleans. Yeah. Probably at the Windsor Court. Yeah. With, um, back then, we were I think we were doing quite a few jobs for... Um, a lady, a wonderful harpist. Yes. Who was working. Does she still work with the uh, LPO? I, I believe so. Uh, Rachel Van Ories yes. is an amazing musician and would book a lot of jobs around New Orleans, and we would end up on a lot of those together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, to my good fortune, that's where I got to meet you ah. and been doing it ever since. Yes, sir. So, uh, well, let's kind of tell the audience uh, these are things I already know, but I want you kind of. Express yeah. them. So you're originally from? Yeah. Born and raised in New Orleans. And, uh, you know, actually all, I actually started on uh, drums. Oh. And uh, it was, I guess, around maybe four, maybe four or five years old. Uh, my father, who was a, a drummer as well, so you got the idea of, you know, continuing the legacy. He purchased a percussion, a, a drum set for me. And, you know, Unfortunately, while that was a, a really cool thing, he also purchased a tool set from me. And this was all for, for Christmas gifts. Mm -hmm. So the four or five-year-old mine at the time somehow thought it a great idea to combine the tool set, little, little toy, little toy uh, tool kit, with the drum set. <laughs> and it didn't work out as well as... You're a drum tech at five years old? Pretty much. And... <laughs> Next thing you know, there's busted heads all over the place, and it's kind of uh, pretty much just destroyed the set, man. And uh, mm -hmm. my, my dad came home and found it like that, and he was none too pleased. Right. So he took him away, and that's how I kind of ended up on saxophone <laughs> a couple of years later. Now, was the saxophone like uh, kind of the classic scenario where you're, you're joining the school band? And uh, in a sense, in a sense, yeah. I uh, had a gentleman. Uh, the great uh, Joe Lewis, Joseph mm -hmm. Lewis, uh, was a, uh, one of the most uh, legendary teachers of the uh, New Orleans Archdiocese program. Mm -hmm. And uh, he came around to the uh, elementary school and had this, uh, uh, he put on a showcase of instruments and recru recruiting kids. And I'm like, hmm, that looks interesting. And I remember at the time, my godfather was visiting us, and he was a big, big saxophone fan, uh, particularly a fan of Gato Barbieri. Okay. And he always talked about, man, you if you want to play in a band, that would be great if you, you know, play the saxophone. The saxophone such a, you know, he went on and on and on, Gato. And so upon his uh, suggestion, I picked up the saxophone and started in, uh, in the fourth grade and, uh, you know, kind of matriculated through the elementary school and into high school and was able to turn it into a uh, uh, college scholarship to further my uh, uh, music education and kind of, Took it from there. And that, that was still in New Orleans, right? You went to Loyola. Right? Went to Loyola University uh, for undergrad and uh, later uh, returned uh, back uh, 
to finish my my uh, master's at the University of New Orleans. So completely New Orleans educated from the uh, academics to the uh, music scene. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and of course it shows, and what I mean by that is uh, obviously the, the great instruction you have, because we know a lot of the same sure. professors at both schools. Mm -hmm. But I've always felt like musicians that uh, are in New Orleans, working in New Orleans, but especially ones who grow up in New Orleans, mm -hmm. which I didn't have the privilege of doing. I just kind of got to it later, mm -hmm. uh, I guess more late teens. But, you know, when I hear you play and musicians like yourself are at a, at a certain level, mm -hmm. you guys know so much music, <laughs> you know, just from, you know, our th close to our hearts is jazz. Mm -hmm. But... I mean, you know, New Orleans, a working New Orleans musician pretty much has to play everything. And, and yeah, and I mean, uh, that's because in New Orleans there is everything. I mean, it's it's the true music musical gumbo. Mm -hmm. uh, so not only you 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 say you have to play it, but it's kind of natural because we grew up with it. Yeah, you know, all the music from the uh, traditional jazz with Jelly Roll and Louis Armstrong and mm -hmm. the you know. Mardi Gras Indians, uh, all of the heritage that comes from uh, that that music, and uh, all the way from the the African slaves from Congo Square, uh, the, the, the 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 rhythms that uh, kind of permeate through uh, the city at that time, and it, it just even through uh, centuries, it just kind of carried over to today. Right. So you know you have all of this music in New Orleans, certainly being one of the uh, the uh, melting pots of uh, common uh, today's music, uh, R&B, uh, blues. So uh, you, you have all of that stuff mixed in uh, the New Orleans musical tradition that we grew up with. So it's kind of natural that we, you know, gravitate towards that. You know, <laughs> right, right. And a lot of people sometimes I think forget that so much of those those roots of those different genres you mentioned yeah. really did start. Yes. Like when you think of Fats Domino. I Fats mean, Domino. The, what do you want to call it? The beginning of R&B, the beginning yeah. of rock and roll? Right, exactly. R&B, rock and roll, funk. Uh, you know, when you start talking about the uptown scene with the Never Brothers and uh, the Meters. And, uh, you know, we mentioned blues. Certainly that, that you know, blues had its uh, origins in Mississippi and the Delta. But, you know, that's, you know, made its way down to New Orleans, too. So, it, you know, New Orleans was a, uh, was a player in... Uh, uh, all of the musical genres that you can even think of, even when you think of today with hip-hop, you know, certainly a, a, a different kind of scene uh, that New Orleans also contributed to it. So it, it's, it's, uh, it's musically universal. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Well, since we're talking about Clarence right now, ah. uh, I want to mention some accolades uh, with Clarence that I think uh, are obviously very impressive, but just important for people to know. So Clarence... CJ3, <laughs> two-time winner of the Offbeat Magazine's Best of the Beat, Best Saxophone Award, yeah. two times. <laughs> yeah, man. Lifetime Achievement, a Cultural Ambassador Heartbeat Award from Offbeat Magazine, mm -hmm. and Positive Vibrations Foundation in 2017. Uh, you have played with so many people, mm -hmm. and just to name a few, mm -hmm. let's see here. Delphio Marcellus Quintet, yeah. uh, New Orleans Jazz Orchestra, Dr. John, one of my heroes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Neville Brothers, Jimmy Smith, David Fathead Newman, John Schofield, 
members of the Meters, uh, and in, in different ensembles, you've backed up Aretha Franklin, mm -hmm. The Temptations, Kirk Franklin, mm -hmm. Gladys Knight in the OJs, Pre Billy Preston, mm -hmm. and Wenton Marcellus. I mean, you could just retire right now. That's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. Oh, man. man. It's been fun. And I'm sure there's many people not on this list. That you yeah, there, 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 there's a couple, there was, you know, there's a few others. Um, but I mean, that's. Jose Feliciano. We that's right. That's right. A couple of weeks ago, I got to add him to the list yeah, now, yeah, man. Update your bio. Mike Esnote. I play with Mike ah. Esnote, the fabulous piano player. Uh, but you know, that's make sure you put me after for no. you. <laughs> that's the wonderful thing about music, man. I mean, you you you, you never stop growing, uh, particularly with all of the uh, different types of artists you get a chance to uh, uh, work with, learn from all of those. You know, all of those uh, 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 musical giants, I'm, I, I don't consider it working. I consider it just learning from it. Right. Especially a couple of weeks ago, we're just seeing how, uh, you know, fancy, uh, well, how you say, I, I forget how you say his name. Uh, the, 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 uh, the singer on the stage? Yes, yeah. Uh, that was Raymond Arroyo. Yeah. I mean, he, he brought in uh, Felicio. Uh, Jose Felicio. Jose, yeah. And, you know, just watching him. Uh, do his thing at still at that age. That's the other thing. Yeah. It's so encouraging, man, because he doesn't let any uh, challenges slow him down. Mm -hmm. He still sounds great at that age. And it, it, music defies age, man. I agree. Yeah. And what I was checking out on that session that, to your point, was mm -hmm. inspiring to me was not only what you just said, mm -hmm. But his enthusiasm. Yes. I mean, he just just loves to play music. That's it's right. Just, it comes out of him. Yes. You know. Yes. And I remember uh, as a student, kind of studying with different people, and especially older musicians. Uh, for me, it was Alan Batiste, mm -hmm. who, you know, at his age, he was you know quite a bit older than sure. Probably in his sixties, I guess, when I got to him. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. I mean, he would just practice all day long if you let him. <laughs> yeah. You know, he just loved, loved music. And I remember thinking as an 18-year-old, like, man, I'm complaining about having to practice for an hour. And this, yeah. this dude is, like, practicing four hours a day. Right. You have to tell him to stop. Exactly. <laughs> and he already has the resume. Yes. <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned Alvin Batista. Another person in that same line of uh, uh, legends is uh, we just lost him a few months ago, Edward Kid Jordan. Oh, yeah. I mean, this guy. He he literally walks around with the horn on, you know, hanging off. He he always practiced. I I hear stories, and you've heard the same stories of that household when they were growing up. Mm -hmm. You know, Marlon, Stephanie, uh, Rachel, and it, it just a whole Can music. You imagine being in that. House? Oh my <laughs> goodness, man! It, 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 it's, it's, it's 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 a wonderful thing. But I mean, that's where you know you're called to to do this work. That's where you know you're called to this profession. Right. Because it's not a thing where you, oh man, I have to practice. It's a thing where, oh man, I gotta practice. Right. I wanna practice. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta reach this. I'm, I'm con Keep constantly. Growing. That's right, constantly yeah. reaching and growing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking of uh, one of the family members in there, Kent Jordan, yes, flautist and educator. He he constantly amazes me because he'll he'll, I don't see him very often, but yeah. nevertheless he'll text me. Yeah. And he'll be like. Hey man, have you checked out this uh, Ravel score? Yeah, you know, I'm like, you know, it just just by the, just by receiving a text like that, mm. I'm like, it inspires me. I'm like, man, this is a guy who's, like all of us, 
some people might call it the disease. I don't know. The, the <laughs> blessing. Yes, that's, uh, that's what I call it. <laughs> uh, but we just can't. It's like a uh, a need. It's yes. a thirst for constantly learning. Exactly. And exactly. Being inspired by our peers. That's right. You know. That's right. But we're talking about New Orleans. Let's do. A, can I get you to play? I'm throwing this at you. Um, let's do. Um, do you know what it means to miss New Orleans? Oh yeah. Course. You're not going to miss it because you're about to go back there. Yeah, yep, yep, <laughs> after we finish this. <laughs> I'll miss it. Yeah, man. Thank you. 
Yes, indeed. <laughs> we know what it means to miss New Orleans. Yeah. But that reminds me of, I'd kind of forgotten. Uh, this was a while back, but we used to do quite a few duet gigs. Yes. Uh, mostly here in Baton Rouge. Yeah. Maybe almost entirely here in Baton Rouge. Now, <laughs> but we used to play a lot of the place in town. Um, still around called Sullivan. Yeah, man. And those were, uh, man, you know, sometimes those were like four or five hour jobs. They go to five hour jobs, man. <laughs> but we but made it, uh, just the two of us. Yeah. Just kind of made it a lot, a lot of fun. That was one of the songs we played. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. You know, the great thing about those jobs, man, uh, it, 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 it was a, uh, it, it, it was a multi-year run, and it was a couple of things. Number one, it was one of those instances where those five hours felt like two and a half, mm -hmm. you know, man, because we dug into so many, uh, uh, so, 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 so much music, and, you know, it, it, it definitely was a, uh, uh, a learning ground, uh, like a little... Experimented with so many things, mm -hmm. dealt with so much music. Uh, it certainly, I, I really, I grew from that gig, man. I oh, grew from that run. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it certainly uh, was uh, uh, a, a nice memory. Mm -hmm. Well, I always like to joke with mm, when I'm talking to other musicians about Clarence Johnson oh boy. the Third. <laughs> I'm quick to point out uh, because y y I put you in a very in the, spot when I say this, <laughs> but, but it is sincere. Uh, it's a very, very small category of people that I really do consider to be a musical genius. Oh, wow. And I don't say that lightly. I uh, appreciate that, man. So, and there's many uh, reasons I can say that, but <laughs> one I like to bring up is just, this is funny to me, is we'd be doing those gigs sometimes, and, you know, we'd been playing together for some time at that yeah. point. And yeah, yeah. You know, we had done jobs where you were playing my music, sure. or you were playing your yeah. music, and, mm -hmm. and then I just remember distinctly one time playing some, you know, probably complicated jazz tune like Giant Steps, something like that, mm. and and then you started quoting something which you like to do, <laughs> and I'm sitting there, you know, I'm playing, I'm like, man, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> you're laughing, you know, you, you have a, the ability to kind of play and laugh at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and then when we finished, I said, man, what was that? Mm. Oh, that was one of your tunes. <laughs> and I'm like, how in the w number one, how do you remember the tune? Because I don't. Oh, my goodness. And that was a tune you hadn't played probably two, three years. Yeah. And then how did you fit it over Giants? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's part of the, 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 the great musical puzzle that is music, man. I mean, if you challenge yourself and, you know, kind of push yourself to, to those kind of heights yeah. and... I mean, let's not uh, let's not kid ourselves, man. You 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 one of the baddest too. So, when you write so much material and it's so, it's so cool, it sticks with you. So oh, that's how I remember it. Is is so cool. <laughs> so you know. <laughs> I appreciate that. But yeah. Still, nevertheless, I'm like, how did you make that work? <laughs> oh boy. Well, in addition to yeah, obviously being a wonderful player, oh. uh, you have been an educator for quite a few years. Sure. And we've actually talked together. That's right. And but tell the listeners kind of what your how you got into music education and some of the different environments that you taught at. Uh, well, you know it. Uh, you know the thing about music education it's important to me because of growing up here in uh, in New Orleans. There's such a uh, a uh, cultivating spirit, uh, particularly with the 
past uh, generation of musicians. They were very, uh, they were very good with uh, nurturing and taking young cats under their wing and kind of showing them the ropes. So that was important for, you know, for them to uh, pass down this lineage to us. Well, I'm, I'm doing my part, passing mm -hmm. down the lineage to, uh, to, to, to the, uh, the, the next generation. So, uh, you know, I've done, uh, you know, quite a few clinics, uh, uh, different guest conducting situations uh, with, with right. all state, all, all star groups. Uh, I've certainly, you know, taught at the, uh, from different, I've taught, I've been fortunate to teach at the, all of the levels from uh, uh, elementary, uh, middle school, high school, all the way to uh, college. So, because you were, were, correct me if I'm wrong, you were at LSU for a while. Uh, let's see. Uh, not quite LSU. I was at, uh, I taught at Loyola first. Loyola. And uh, did some teaching at uh, Morehouse and Spelman College oh, in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And uh, came back and uh, did some more teaching, uh, you know, at, at uh, Delgado Community College, different places like, uh, such as that. Uh, and now I am overseeing and running a uh, music program for an online charter school. Uh, based right. here in uh, ba uh, Baton Rouge called uh, University View Academy. It's based here, but y'all service the whole We state. service uh, students from the entire state, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. That's quite a, an undertaking. It's cool, man, because uh, the, the great thing about this, this, this music program, uh, particularly being virtual, it, it not only reaches kids who are you know, available and around the area, but it also reaches those nooks and crannies of the state and the, the rural parts mm -hmm. that... Uh, uh, kids have a little trouble making it to a brick and mortar school. Right. So we're able to, by virtue of our platform being online, and we're able to reach those kids, and uh, particularly as it relates to service, uh, special needs kids. Because, man, when you have the special needs kids, music really brings out an entire different personality. Yeah. And to see them wake up and kind of explore that, that that's the, one of the true powers of music at work, and it, it's such a, bl a blessing to see that. Right, mm -hmm. right. Yeah, I've seen that myself. And yes. It's, it's amazing. The power of music is just amazing. Yes, sir. The arts in general, but especially music. Yeah. It's so immediate. Mm -hmm. um, the, well, I'll just say this. I'm glad, I'm so happy when people like yourself are teaching, because I do, and I think you would agree, you know, music especially is such a, an aural, A-U-R-A-L, yeah. art form. Right. And it's a language that, yes, you can study the, um, the grammar of it via, you know, more of an academic way. Sure, sure. Jazz, you can study it in an academic way. But the, the really, when it comes down to it, the only proper way to teach it is for a student to be able to hear it. Mm -hmm. And if they can hear it from a teacher who actually practices it and does it. Yeah. Um, and I'm talking about everything from tone to phrasing to all the subtleties yes. that are, you can't really put in a textbook. Right. To me, that's why it's so important that people like yourself are, are educating the next generation. And, you know, in addition to all of the elements that you just mentioned, it's the idea of teaching by example, showing them how to be a professional. I mean, because you're talking about being you know, how to present a show, how to present a concert, how to engage in a listening audience. Right. Those how, punctuality, being on time, dressing appropriately, all of that stuff comes into play. 
it's so much more, as you know, than just learning an instrument. It is learning an entire profession. Right. And how to present it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, what was the quote I saw this morning? It was on social media. It was Ron Carter mm. saying something to the effect that, you know, if you're, if you're not 30 minutes early, then you're late. You're late. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And it's coming from a guy who's, you know, maybe had one of the longest careers in jazz. That's right. And you see why. Yeah. With that type of philosophy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, so performer, educator. One thing we haven't talked about, but I'd like to talk about and demonstrate mm -hmm. is uh, you as a composer. Ah. So I had asked you maybe to bring a couple tunes. Mm -hmm. and I asked you to bring simple ones, and of course, you know your standard of simple is <laughs> what I was thinking. But uh, <laughs> oh no, it's not bad. You, you well, that's one thing I love about playing with you is you always challenge me. So. Oh man! <laughs> so pick one of these tunes you brought, and I want to play. Oh, uh, yeah, we 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 did a, a a nice run through with both of them, man. Uh, which one you like? Let's start it out with this romantic appeal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, one and two. Yeah, a little boss vibe.
Appreciate that. Well, so is there a story behind that tune? Uh, it's just uh, what it, it's funny because uh, I, sometimes I got to explain it where some people think it's having to do with some type of court proceeding, you know, but it's, it, <laughs> it's not that, it's not that. It's, it's just simply the appeal that occurs uh, in the element of attraction to one another, uh, be it with uh, beauty or the spirit of a person uh, the, the mind, you know, what they're talking about, the, you know, just so it's just that 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 natural attraction that occurs in the, in those moments. Well, yeah. I mean, since we're on that subject, so you're uh, you've been married to Joy, yes, for how many years now? Oh man, we just uh, we just celebrated twenty three years uh -huh. a couple of months ago. Congratulations! That's yeah, awesome. thanks, man. Awesome. And you have one son. One son. And tell us tell us what he's up to. He is up to actually, at the moment. Let's see, yeah, he's probably in his first class of his senior year at University of Southern Mississippi. Senior oh, year, old, man. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I told him, man. It's like, man, why, why are you growing up so fast, man? It's like we just dropped you off at kindergarten a couple of months ago, mm -hmm. man. Now you, yeah, but uh, nah, yeah, 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 but. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's certainly a, a great ride, such as the uh, experience you had with uh, your son graduating from uh, Tulane. Not yeah, too yeah, yeah, I've got the same. Um, it's nothing like children as a good barometer to remind you how fast time is going. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Uh, and he's musical, right? That's yeah, he's uh, media arts. Yeah. Media arts. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, definitely... Uh, going to be, uh, you know, going into that uh, in, into that field on probably behind the booth or behind a, a soundboard or mm -hmm. some kind of way. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely got some uh, opportunities for him. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, as a composer, you've written a lot of music and you've, mm -hmm. you've done recordings. Yes. So tell us what, I, mean, I, I know the answer to some of these, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Uh, so what are some of the recordings that you've done under your own name? Uh, a couple of them. Uh, the, the main one uh, is uh, Watch Him Work, mm -hmm. and uh, that was self-produced, self-written, uh, uh, you know, all the arrangements and everything. And the great thing about that, that, that record was it was kind of, you know, you hear this kind of story with, with quite a few artists when they're under a label and then they got to do, you know, go in their direction. But once they break away from that, they can do what they want to do. And that mm -hmm. was kind of the story with this one having a chance to do the music that was always uh, uh, near and dear to my heart and you know where I truly was. Sure. Uh, so, you know, that, that one was a big one and uh, certainly got to give you props for helping me out with that, uh, doing a lot of the orchestration, particularly on one of those songs, uh, uh, Beyond Words, that was a oh, good yeah. one. Uh, that yeah. with all of the, uh, the strings and everything. So that was, that was awesome to work with you on that. 
before that, I uh, had a couple of, couple of uh, releases out uh, dedicated to you, mm-hmm. and that was way back in 98. And uh, I, I also did a, uh, a duet with a fabulous uh, pianist from Ar- Ar- Armenia, uh, rele- released in the same year. I think it was just self-entitled uh, Clarence Johnson and Vahak Petian. Oh, I remember. Uh, yeah, yeah, love for sale. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, he 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 was a uh, yeah he was a, a joy to work with. Uh, and then I'm working on a couple of singles. I, I, I released uh, uh, "Wade in the Water," an arrangement mm-hmm. that I did uh, released that a couple of years back. You were on that as well. Yeah. And uh, working on uh, some singles and new recordings that'll be uh, released pretty soon as we speak. So okay, mm-hmm. yeah. And if I remember, if I remember right, that first album you did. Correct me if I'm wrong, I'm, I could very well mm-hmm. be, but did you use the pianist, uh, was Jim Pryor on that? Yeah, man, Jim Pryor was on that. I, I remember, you know, he was in Baton Rouge. That's right, that's right. Album Batiste. That's right. And I just remember hearing him and going, what the heck? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, pianist. oh man, he, uh, he, he is a remarkable talent, man. And I have, honestly, I haven't seen him since the, around that time. Yeah, I think he's somewhere in New York. Okay. Uh, I believe working with some some uh, some uh, music director for something, I, I, but I, I know he's doing well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, at some point, Jim, if you see this, reach out. Yeah. To me. I think both <laughs> of us would like to. Yeah, see man, definitely. Yeah. Uh, beautiful. Let's play another tune. Sure. So this one that you brought in. Yeah. This simple tune that's three pages long. <laughs> It's called. Well, did you change the name, or is it? I did change the name. That that the, the name of this one. This is one of the ones that uh, will be officially released uh, in the next uh, coming weeks, and this is entitled "True and Faithful Treasure." Yeah, we it's pretty much uh, straight down. We start. You you got the melody at at, at the first eight, and uh, we'll play, and we'll get to uh, what is it? The first inning, and, and go back to uh, A, and I do a half, and you do the second half, and take the coda, and uh, do the coda uh, three times, or the second half of that page, second page three times, and then uh, we'll go on to the last page. Now, you know, this kind of, I remembered about half of that, but, <laughs> the, uh, you know, for maybe young students or maybe even older students mm-hmm. who are trying to learn more about the whole process of, of doing this kind of thing, that was essentially, we kind of ran through it a little bit before this recording, mm-hmm. but, but that was essentially our rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. And that is the nature of, especially this kind of music, where, you know, there's a, how, how would you put it? There's kind of a, uh, there's a blueprint there. Yeah. But obviously a lot's going to happen in between all of that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess for up-and-coming musicians, that's a good, it's good to be aware of that and to, in, in this instance, we're, we're reading what you call a lead sheet. Yeah. You know, so, which can be intimidating if you're not used to doing that, but at the same time, it can be kind of liberating mm-hmm. because it gives you lots of choices. That's right. And uh, in this music, we have a little ghost in the machine and the, the, <laughs> and the lights today, so uh, a little voodoo going on. The, uh, but it makes it more uh, conducive to the creative process, I think. Yeah, and of course, that's one of the reasons why it's so uh, important and crucial to uh, c- 
continue to work on your reading chops. Um, you know, all of those scales that you practice and all of that sight reading that you do and the rhythms that you study, this is what puts you in a position to be able to do things um, such as this. Uh, because, you know, this is kind of an example. Literally, we spent about, what, 10 minutes working on these two tunes? That's about it. Yeah. Because, you know, Mike has the ability to be able to read and sight read and interpret very well. So that, you know, that, that, that's important. And when you find yourself getting calls for different jobs or uh, you know, acts that come to town, uh, looking for a, a backing orchestra of some sort, in many cases, you know, you get about maybe a, 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 an hour and a half, two-hour rehearsal. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, I remember one time I got called to do a show with the Temptations in New Orleans. We didn't even get a rehearsal. We went in the back. Uh, of the uh, uh, backstage and just had about a half hour talk through. Mm -hmm. Then we go hit the mm -hmm. stage and do the show. I, that's that's how it goes. Right, mm -hmm. right. I remember one time, just talking about funny situations, yeah. uh, and, and for me an intimidating situation, I played one time with Frank Foster. Mm. Or, I'm sorry, Frank Morgan. Frank Morgan, yeah. My bad. And, uh, and my friend, our mutual friend Troy Davis had yeah. got me on that job and and he had worked with them maybe once or twice before, and he, he kind of said, well, you know, there's, there's not going to be a rehearsal. Yeah. I said, okay. And, and in this case, there was no talk through. Mm. So he said, we're wow. going to walk up on stage, and Frank's going to be up there, and he's going to you know, have his horn, you know, amazing saxophonist, and yeah. he's just going to start playing. Hmm. And if he doesn't hear you jump in, he's going to move on to another tune. Wow. And that was the gig. So he so started out playing a Charlie Parker tune, and you know, thankfully I knew most of the music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was yeah. there was one ballad I can't remember the name of, but he started playing, and he's just wait. He never looked back at me. Mm. He just kept playing, and I, I didn't want to jump in if I really didn't know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just it was kind of quiet, and he's like, okay. Then he went on to the next. Wow, thing. <laughs> wow. Talk about all ears gig. Yes, right, yes. Uh, That's awesome. Very organic man. kind of yeah. way of doing the gig. Yeah. Anyway, so give me the uh, give me the pulse on this one. Uh, let's see. Bam, 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 bam. Again, you got the uh, the last eight, or you can join me in on that melody and on the third oh, okay, page. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, I'll be sure to forget that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> two, one, two,
beautiful tune as usual, Clarence. Thank you, man. Appreciate Absolutely that. Absolutely gorgeous tune. Thank you, man. And um, great job on it too, bro. Welcome. I mean, literally, you, you you just saw this thing about an hour ago, and then you playing like you've been playing it forever, man. Well, I'm so. glad I had you fool. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, well, I know I can't fool you, so never mind. Oh man, oh, well, thank you. Uh, well, I can't tell you how much it's been a pleasure to have you on this, and yeah. Well, tell is it what's coming up? Anything? What you got? Uh, I got a couple of things happening. Uh, a few. I've been, I've been very fortunate to. Um, have some um, performance opportunities in uh, the DFW area, uh, mm -hmm. Dallas, Texas. And so I uh, got a, a couple of nice shows coming up there uh, towards uh, uh, the last part of uh, uh, the last week of August, which is going to be uh, headlined by a uh, Labor Day weekend performance at uh, a place called the Kitchen Cafe. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be Saturday, September 2nd. Uh, so I'll be uh, performing there at uh, the Kitchen Cafe and uh, 7.30, and uh, you, you can look it up or you can, uh, you know, check me out on the socials. Oh, and, by the uh, way, what's it, what, you have a website? What's yes, uh, uh, working on a website, but I got some uh, socials uh, happening mm -hmm. that uh, at CJ3Sacks, at CJ3Sacks, that's the uh, handle to all of the, uh, the Instagram, the, uh, the uh, what's the other one, Facebook, mm -hmm. and uh, also even TikTok. So uh, you can check me out with that, and I'll keep you posted on uh, the latest happenings. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, again, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you, man. This was awesome. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. And um, it's been tradition kind of to play the audience out, so I'm going to... See, this is what's so wonderful about working with Clarence. I can just throw anything at him. <laughs> I'm going to throw a, a tune that's... I don't know if it's originally a New Orleans tune, but it gets played a lot in New Orleans. Yeah. And he's going to... He's I'm just going to find the key immediately. Oh, we'll see. He's drop let's right let's in. see. <laughs> What tune am I thinking of? Here we go. Listen, you doing me like Frank Morgan did you. You just going to start.
<laughs> yeah, bro. The Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge would like to acknowledge our generous sponsors, the Shell Corporation, the National Endowment for the Arts, the Louisiana Office of Cultural Development, and the City of Baton Rouge. 